I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A massive comeback win over Ireland at the Women's World Cup. Welcome to Kicked Back, presented by Betway. Julia and Caroline with you, as always. And man, Julia, I don't know about you, but the first half I was stressed. I was like, this is my biggest fear since I saw Australia play Ireland. Canada wasn't playing their game, but we'll get into the second half. They completely regrouped. It was night and day. They got the result. We can breathe now. And now they're going to play Australia for top of the group. So, you know, we, we feel good right now. As Canadians, we feel good. Feel absolutely amazing, but oh man, what a whirlwind of emotions that game, especially, you know, from a Canadian fan. We knew this was going to be a very tough match right from the get-go. Ireland should not be underestimated, but wow, I was very nervous. The first few minutes, of course, Katie McCabe coming out, scoring a goal in four minutes, the fastest goal of the tournament. My heart sank. Like, I was shocked. I thought, ladies... No, we can't let this slide away. But thankfully, we picked it up. But there's so much to unpack here. Yes, I know. Not only was it the fastest goal of the tournament so far, but the way she did it off the corner, the way it bent in, you know, Jordan Heidema was on the back post. You know, you got to ask, I'm not a goalkeeper coach, but you got to wonder, is that a goalkeeping error as well? Uh, just kind of maybe a miscommunication with uh, on that corner, on that set piece for Canada. And uh, I just... McCabe is to me throughout the game against Australia into this game against Canada. She's one of my, not only one of my favorite players at this world cup, but she's been a standout player on the pitch in both games. And I I'm so happy for her, even as a Canadian for her to get that moment, you know, getting Ireland's first ever world cup goal. Uh, no one deserves it more in my opinion. And what a beautiful goal that was. And the Canadians let it slip like first three minutes mm-hmm. and 37 seconds was the exact time on the clock. And that can't happen at the world cup. So, you know, it, it felt like a long first 45 minutes because Canada was just not playing their game. They were playing Mm -hmm. extremely direct. I don't like direct football. I'm going to be very honest with everyone. Like I don't like these long balls from the back over the top. I don't like passes without intent. I was a midfielder. The thing that I was most concerned with about my game was connecting my passes. That was the thing that I would be most worried about or most proud of coming out of a game. And I think when teams are able to connect their passes, and create a rhythm and be dynamic, that's when they're the most dangerous. Uh, So they really lacked that quality in the first half, but... 
things turned in the second half, but it, we, we got to talk about still the first half. McCabe gets that goal. I feel like Canada's chasing. And then it wasn't really until the dying minutes of the first half where Julia Grosso, my girl, my favorite mm-hmm. girl in the midfield, uh, <laughs> she, she plays a dangerous ball into the box, forces Megan Connolly on Ireland to get an own goal. So uh, massive goal for Canada to to finish the first half with because it wasn't a good performance, but a massive shift in momentum and a lot less pressure on their back at that point to come out into the second and have the ability to take control. For sure. I thought that goal was certainly a turning point for the match for Canada. Honestly, if that goal didn't, you know, get into the net, who knows what would have happened. I would like to think that Canada would have had a fabulous halftime chat and brought their a game out into the remainder of the match. But wow, certainly an energy shift. That's exactly what those Canadian girls needed. But to your point about the midfield and connecting the midfield, that's what I noticed a lot in the first half was the gaps between the defense and the midfield. It just didn't feel like they were flowing. It was a little bit frantic. I think they were a little bit stressed out to be honest, being like, what is happening? How did this happen? Um, Sheridan was tested a lot yes. in the opening few minutes. And that always makes me very on edge. So it was uh, it was something to watch. But I agree. Julia Grosso coming in so, so, so clutch. She just thought kind of like, screw it. I'm just going to take a shot, get it in there. And honestly, it ended up um, fabulous. But wow, what a first half from Ireland. The pressure, the relentlessness, um, Mm -hmm. it was something to see as well. I don't love that Julia Grosso was substituted off. I don't think that she should ever be off the field unless there's an injury of some sort or, you know, she's not having her best performance. But that's a rare occurrence for a player like Julia Grosso. I tweeted after she, you know, basically made that first goal happen for Canada that the issue I'm having with Canada right now is that we're not finding Julia Grosso enough. Mm-hmm. Like Julia Grosso is, should be the main distributor for Canada in terms of passing. She's so smart. She's so creative. She's so savvy. She's silky. And I just think she needs the ball more at her feet and Canada needs to find her more in spaces and she needs to have enough runs off the ball where she's able to find her attackers in spaces because she's so nifty. So her having that moment where maybe it was an own goal, but full credit to Julia for creating that for her to be taken off. I I really don't understand that, especially with only 45 minutes of play. Um, I'm going to be again, very honest. I, I, I know that Jesse Fleming might be battling a little bit of an injury. I know that she, you know, this is like her first game at this world cup where she played uh, a lot of minutes, but I was out of all the midfielders at a Quinn out of Fleming, I was most impressed with Grosso in mm-hmm. that first half. So it was very confusing to me how she was pulled out. Um, with that being said, Sophie Schmidt, the, the player that wow. came on to her, you know, was, was the spark, you know, how she was able to thread that needle. She assisted Adriana Leone on that second goal for Canada. So nothing against Sophie Schmidt. I think she was the super sub, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think she was incredible, but for me personally, I would have kept Julia on with Sophie uh, and and let Julia continue to do her work and navigate mm-hmm. that space, especially with that momentum that she got at the end of the first half. That might that's just my opinion. Nothing against anyone on the pitch. I just think that Julia needs the ball, and it'd be nice to see Sophie and Julia kind of combine together, but. Yeah. Sophie Schmidt came onto the pitch and absolutely nailed her job. What a game-changing type of player today for for Canada. And a, a big reason why that second half was electric compared to the first half. 
Definitely. Honestly, couldn't have said it better myself. She really is the super sub. And that's just where Canada's experience, their veterans, their depth really comes into play. And that's going to be vital for Canada moving forward, obviously, against Australia and, you know, hopefully to the next round, of course. But Julia Grosso, I I just think she's so creative. She is very young. You know, she's 22, but she has the ball knowledge, she has the technical ability mm. of honestly some of these veteran players in my opinion and I just can't imagine what Julia would have felt in that moment obviously instrumental getting that ball into the net changing the momentum for Canada going into the second half that's huge that's a pivotal moment and then being subbed off I wonder what was going through her mind I wonder what was going through Bev Priestman's mind Um, it doesn't make sense to me not to give her at least a little bit more of a shot in the second 45 I completely agree. And then on the flip side of it, you, Adriana Leone scores Canada's second goal. Her first goal of the tournament. Was it her first ever World Cup goal? Yes, her first ever so, World Cup goal too. So what a moment. You could see so what it meant to her after the past. You are riding the biggest high of yeah. your life. Like oh my gosh, nothing, so not taking, Yeah, not taking anything away from Julia Grosso because... Uh, she made that first goal happen, but if it's considered an own goal, it's a, it's slightly different. Adriana Leone yeah. with a beautiful pass from Sophie Schmidt made Canada take the lead. Mm-hmm. I am so confused why Bev Priestman would take off again, another goal scorer from yeah. the pitch when they have momentum and maybe, you know, she's trying to reserve legs a little bit and minutes because now Canada has a massive game against Australia, but I don't think at that point in time, it was one and done for Canada. Like Canada still had no. to fight. This wasn't an Irish team that was letting up and you saw, you know, Katie McCabe in the t- dying minutes, you know, kind of dismantle Canada's back line a little bit on her yeah. own and take a crack at, uh, at net. Right. So, Taking Adriana Leone off the pitch, I don't, again, I don't understand. Like, what a moment for a player. And at that moment, they're so, they're so hungry for another one. They're so energetic. Mm-hmm. And that energy that Julia made have, might have had or Adriana Leone may have had is super contagious to the players around them. So yes. I, I would love to ask Bev Priestman about that. And I'm sure she has her logical answers. And nothing, again, nothing against the subs that came on. Because Chloe Lacasse or Lacasse, is that how you yes. pronounce her last name? Yep. She she was a hardworking player. She came in and and she and she worked very hard and she created chances. But again, oh, the, I know. momentum. There was momentum there, and and I just yeah, I don't understand it personally. Yeah, I was literally screaming at my TV, being like, <laughs> "What is going on?" And even Leon, okay, she gets that fabulous goal. Literally one minute later, she had another shot on net. And for a moment, this little part in the back of my mind was like, holy moly, she's going to get another one. And then subbed off. I thought, whoa, I was scared because I just was really worried it was going to be, again, this drop in energy, having these players, you know, come off the pitch. But again, like you said, kudos to the subs. They definitely made sure that didn't drop. But at the end of the day, Ireland could have easily, easily got a second goal. So I know me, you too, many other Canadian fans or even soccer fans watching, just I was stressed out. Until that final whistle, I thought this Irish team is not going to give up one bit. So, wow, what a moment for Canada. I was really proud how they bounced back. I thought that definitely showed some game winning mentality, but the Irish had that mentality, too. So it could have gone either way. 
And, you know, great point about Adriana Leone. Like after she scored that first goal, she had another great shot on target. And that was kind of missing from her in terms of quality in the first half. Like there was a couple Mm -hmm. services that she had that went out wide, that went behind, you know, um, Ireland's net that I feel like with with her caliber, the, uh, the type of player that she is, that she should be delivering that with a lot yep. more quality. And we saw that when she finally got that monkey off her back where she nailed that ball. We know that Adriana Leon can strike a ball from distance with, with power, with precision. That's one of the biggest strengths of her game. So, yeah, we saw that again right after she scored, but... Maybe Beth Friesman wants to yep. save their legs. Maybe these girls are more fatigued than we know. You know, maybe there's some jet lag involved. You know, uh, maybe there's more to her game plan that we are not aware of. I think it's sometimes easy to sit on your couch and watch these games and be like, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, where, you know, <laughs> Bev Priestman has a lot more intel, a lot more information than we do. But just from a quick, you know, general reaction, I would have to say those are my two question marks from the entire game. But you also see how Canada in the second half when they cleaned up their passing. And again, I think Sophie Schmidt was the game changer mm-hmm. when they started to connect their passes, when they started to thread the needle, when they started to keep the ball on the ground and they tried to play this one two touch football. It changed the dynamic and Ireland had a much tougher time dealing with that than they did with Canada in the first half. Like Canada, I hope that they stay away from this direct play. You know, Australia's up next. Next, a team that can get 80,000 people rallying for them. And you know that it's going to be a big crowd because this is a big game for both Australia and Canada. And mm-hmm. with some really good players, Rasso in, in my mind for our, Australia is one of the best players. And yeah. this is a Canadian team that's going to need to, to be cheeky with their passes intentional. They need to connect. They need to be smart. And I hope they stay away from more of that direct style of play. Yeah, against Australia, if it's this direct ball, in my opinion, or this this slow start, this lack of connection, of course, from the back line, moving it up to the pitch, Australia is going to eat that up 100%. So we'll see what happens. I think this was a great moment of learning for this Canadian team as well. They'll have the momentum now going in. Um, but I do want to touch a little bit on Sophie Schmidt, like you said. I just love her. I think she is a stabilizer. She came on. She's crafty she's creative those passes it was to me it was very like free-flowing football from her um at that point just to inject that that little bit of hope that something that Canada needed but she's also somebody who's just very poised and she doesn't draw a lot of attention to herself but she makes it happen I just think she's a fabulous you know person but Jordan Heidema, I want to touch on her a yeah. little bit too. Wait, I, one thing, one thing about Sophie that I want to say. Totally, go to Jordan because I, I love that you're bringing up Jordan too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's not easy as a player to come off the bench in a game against a team like Ireland, who's very physical, very passionate, very emotional, very into the game, uh, and have such an immediate impact. It's actually probably one of the hardest things to do. Mm-hmm. And for Sophie Schmidt to come on and immediately, like her first couple passes were dangerous. I was like, wow, okay, like now Sophie Schmidt's going to change the game around. It's not easy to do. And mm-hmm. the way she executed it, and again, the way that she changed the game so quickly, assisting that second goal, major, major kudos to her it shows her experience it shows her talent it shows her vision and it shows her skill level so uh sophie schmidt mm-hmm. Kate, Kate was my player of the match but sophie oh. schmidt gets an absolute honorable mention with the amount of time that she had with in comparison to the impact that she had like i just totally I'm, i was blown away kind of how much she changed the game for canada yeah, and she would have known stepping on the pitch what her role was that she was yeah. going to have to play a big role. And that's a lot of pressure, too. So it's really, it's something to see these players step up, get on the pitch, and then actually make it happen, actually execute. Because um, again, that would have been a lot of pressure for her. But she's experienced, she's been on this team for a while. This is also, you know, her final World Cup. She's hanging up her boots after this tournament. She's retiring. So, what a moment for her to come on and, oh, yeah. and make that impact. She's going to remember that. Okay, Jordan Heidema, hit us yes, with your thoughts. For sure. Oh, I think oh, I, I'm very impressed with how hard Jordan is working. Mm-hmm. She, the last both like last two games against Nigeria and now um, this morning against Ireland. Sure. Her timing maybe wasn't necessarily 100% spot on. Um, She obviously hasn't scored a goal yet. She's having some of those problems, I think too, with OL rain in the NWSL a little bit where she's got some goals, but a lot of people are wondering, well, why aren't you scoring more? You know, but at the end of the day, She's trying so hard. She's throwing her body. She's throwing herself into position. She didn't give up. I I just can't wait for her to finally get a ball in the net. And I have this feeling that it's going to start a domino effect, that they're just going to keep coming. So I, I would love to see her, her score, but it was just really cool to see her not give up as well. Yeah, no, I I had uh, Jordan Heidema as one of my players to highlight in my post-game recap. And I agree, she worked very, very hard in that first game against Nigeria. You saw her today take a couple cracks at net. In the first half, I think she got her first shot on target in the first half. And it was in a time where Canada wasn't really generating much of an attack. So Mm -hmm. she's constantly trying and she's working hard. And I always remember my dad telling me when I played, you know, it may not always work out the way you want it to work out, but as long as you're working hard and you're busting your ass, people see that you're going to make a difference. Your teammates see that. And that's, what's important. And I think that Jordan Heidema is very close to scoring a goal. And I think that, like you said, once she does, a lot of them are going to start coming in. But I do think that she is a very physical, tall presence for Canada. up top. She's able to use her body, her physicality, 
personality. You know, she's a smart player. She's able to use that to her advantage. And I will never, ever harp on a player that's working hard. You know, again, I've seen Jesse Fleming play better. I've seen Quinn play better, but they didn't Mm -hmm. work hard. Right. Uh, So I, I do think that working hard gets a ton of credit and it, for me, Jordan Heidemann not only worked hard, but she, she does really, really like create these chances. She mm-hmm. just hasn't been able to capitalize that. Like we were talking about Deanny the other day for France, same thing where she had five opportunities to, to score a goal and she just couldn't do it. I feel mm-hmm. like Jordan Heidem is kind of in that mix right now. And maybe she's going to get a big goal for Canada when Canada need it most and she'll be the hero. And at that point, it'll be a very, very well-deserved goal. And I'm really rooting for her because I think she's a strong presence for Canada and a workhorse. You can't deny, you can't deny her work ethic and what she's brought in both games for Canada. Not at all. And to me, it was nice to also see Jordan take a crack at it from semi distance too. She's normally somebody who gets those top ins, those headers um, from close range. So when she took that one shot, I think it was the first half one. Um, But I was like, wow, Jordan, like kudos to you for, for doing that, you know? And we need that from Canada. And that was kind of my biggest when, you know, um, note on the Canadian men's national team at the men's world cup is they didn't take enough shots. They didn't take enough opportunities. They didn't make enough dangerous attempts from shooting from, from distance. And sometimes I feel this way about Canada, especially with Janine Becky and her horrible mm-hmm. injury that happened, oh. you know, weeks or a month before the world cup, you know, she would have been that player to do that for Canada and create these dangerous chances. But Jordan has that ability. She has that strength. She has, you know, the ability to pick up her head and see, okay, I can nail this ball and, mm-hmm. and, and have the confidence to do that. And I think today, maybe having a couple cracks on target gives her that confidence to go into the game against Australia and say, I can hit one from outside the 18 and it can be a goal, or I can, you know, get one with my head. I can have a nice tap in whatever it may be, mm-hmm. but it's kind of um, her versatility as a, as a, as a forward is starting to show. And I hope that she continues to build on that and continues to have the confidence. And I hope that she's encouraged by, you know, her coaching staff to do so, because I do think that Canada needs a player who's confident enough and comfortable enough to shoot from distance. Uh, And I think that Jordan Heidema could be that player for them. Oh, I hope so, too. And now looking at all of these players we've chatted about today, Jordan Heidema, uh, Julia Grosso, Sophie Schmidt, just everyone, essentially. Who do you think now are some of these players who are going to step up against Australia? Well, we need a big, big game from Canada's back line. Uh, I've always loved Ashley Lawrence. Uh, I think that we're going to need a big game from her. Keisha, I hope Kadisha Buchanan is okay because we saw her go down. If Mm -hmm. not, it was great to see Shalina Zadorsky back in the lineup today for Canada. She suffered uh, a pretty bad sickness at some point earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. Um, She made an announcement and she's usually such a consistent starter for Canada. So to see her back on the pitch and see her in rhythm was unbelievable. I'm a big mm-hmm. fan of hers. I'm always rooting her on. So we're going to need a big performance from the back. Like, I think we're going to need a big performance, not for this to sound obvious, but from front to back. Totally uh, the, agree. The second half um, against Ireland is what we need for a full 90 against Australia and no letting up because again, the 80,000 plus people that are going to show up to that game are going to act as a massive 12th man. And these Mm -hmm. fans are going to go wild and Canada needs to be emotionally and mentally prepared for that. But you want to highlight 
players, we can do that. But I think it's going to be goalkeeper, backline, midfield, forward line. It's got to be totally, an absolute totally. team performance to wrap this up, win the group. So you have uh, an easier round of 16 matchup than, you know, a more difficult opponent. Certainly. And I think today seeing a variety of players step on the pitch, step up when they need to, that's going to be huge. Because like you said, this is an all-encompassing team performance that needs to happen against Australia. It's going to be aggressive. It's going to be loud. It's going to be pressure. You know, it's got to be emotional for them. But team effort, I think Canada is now settling in. They've had this win. That was huge. Um Let's hope the momentum continues from the end of this match forward because we're going to need it for sure. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that, again, I'll highlight one more time, it's it needs to be better in terms of passing and quality of passes. Yeah. If Canada can clean that up, like they, they, they started to improve on that in the second half of this game, if they can clean up and not play as direct, I think that that's going to really play into their strengths. And sometimes it's, more work to, to play these connecting passes and work harder off the ball. But me personally, when I played, nothing would be worse than chasing a ball that's flying over your head and is direct. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather work hard playing these quick one, two touches, finding my teammates triangles around the ball, you know, threading that needle, finding the open space versus like, okay, here's a ball going over my head and now we have to run. That's yeah. never fun. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how Canada comes out. I'm curious to see the game plan against Australia. And I really hope I want Julia Grosso to have the game mm-hmm. of her life. And I want, you know, uh, Christine Sinclair to get that penalty back that she missed against Nigeria. So oh my gosh. we'll see what happens, but that's just, you know, yeah. obviously a, the Canadian fan in me, but the girls, the women will need to come out with an A plus game against Australia. Definitely. Like Christine Sinclair, you mentioned her. I would love to see her in Australia get her, you know, a goal in the sixth World Cup. I, again, the Canadian fan in me really wants her to be the first person to do that. I think that would be be very, very special. But I would love to see Canada as well, maybe be a little bit more communicative. I think they lacked a lot of communication as well um, in the first half. And you could see yeah. that come together in the second half and, and really yeah what makes the difference um that unity um i think they'll be able to to go in there i have this very strong feeling that canada is going to be on the up but you never know i don't want to jinx anything touch wood well this to me was probably the scariest game i think just maybe after the performance against nigeria where where we were all like we've seen canada play so much better Mm -hmm. and now they're going into this ireland game and it's a must win and they're facing an an irish opponent that's very very tough very good and for canada to not only secure three points but to come back it showed their skill it showed their talent as a team but it also showed their character and this is now where i feel much better going into this game uh, against Australia because this team has what it takes and they showed that now it's about building Mm -hmm. and it's about staying consistent if they're able to do that this is a team that can go far because they have the tools to get it done and sometimes the biggest part of the game is the mental part and they were able to do that today and and be resilient against a very tough Irish team so full credit to this Canadian team you know maybe again not their best 90 minute overall top to bottom performance, Mm -hmm. but what a performance of character, what a performance of staying focused, what a performance of being down and coming out into that second half, you know, they were, they were tied at that point, but coming out in that second half saying, we're going to win this game against an Irish team who 
we said it in the, in the game mm-hmm. against Australia who, who goes out for blood, right? Like they just, yeah. they're so passionate for an entire 90 minutes and full kudos to the Canadian team because that's what it takes to win these tournaments. Not every single game has to be perfect. Not every single game has to be mm-hmm. great. Or just as long as you get the result, because at the end of the day, no one's going to remember, you know, the minor details, the minor missed passes or missed shots. They're going to remember how far you went. And that's the reality of, of tournaments in any sport. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens, but I'm feeling pretty good about Canada going into, into Australia and how these Canadian, these Canadian women can handle their business. Yeah, I'm feeling much, much more confident in Australia. You know, they're going to be watching this game as well. They're going to be seeing how Canada was able to turn it around. So they're also going to be expecting that as well, that Canada's going to fight. You know, they're going to come in. They they want to get the job done. So I think and that's something Australia wants to do, too. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm feeling a lot better, especially after the Nigeria game. I know we chatted about that and we were like, we're just going to settle in. We're not going to say anything, you know, too yet, too much yet. But it was uh, it was a great game of football. And that's what it's all about. The emotions, the passion. Mm-hmm. Um, we really saw that from both sides today. Major credit to Ireland as well. I know I've talked about Katie McKay, but the whole team was there and, and they gave it their all too. And that needs to be acknowledged. Oh, absolutely. So I think the perfect way to wrap it up is congratulations to Canada on a well-deserved win at the end of the day. And congratulations to Ireland because they made some big noise at a world cup where they're debuting and they haven't been on this stage before and everyone is impressed by them. And a lot of people who have never even seen them play or they're not Irish are cheering for them. And I think that says a lot about what they've accomplished in two short games at their first ever world cup. So both can, both teams deserve, you know, some credit there. And again, as a Canadian, I'm proud of of these women and I'm proud of a, of a big comeback at the world cup. It's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. And they did it. They figured it out. But we can wrap up this podcast in the next few minutes. Spain versus Zambia. We saw that game earlier today. And Spain now, uh, eight goals in the span of two games. And for Zambia, 10 goals against in the span of two games. So Zambia, like we've said before, on kicked back. For me personally, I was like, oh, this could be a dark horse. Rachel Kuninanji, Barbara Banda, they're gonna, it's gonna be a dark horse. And they have 10 goals against. And I believe within those two first games that they've had, they have two shots on target total. So not as a, a big of a threat as I initially thought. And then you look on the Spanish side, just capitalizing on their opportunities. We said in that first game against Costa Rica, like why did they only score three goals when they had so many chances? Mm-hmm. We said we weren't worried about it. I'm happy we, we felt that way because there's nothing to worry about. They just nope. put five in the back of the net against Zambia and, you know, handled their business. It's, they're, they're another very strong contender at this Women's World Cup. They're a very strong contender. You know, for me personally, the way Spain is able to move the ball around the pitch, their touches to each other, their expertise, their possession. You know, I mentioned free flowing before with Sophie Schmidt, but they're a free flowing football team as well. Similar to uh, Brazil when we watched them the other day, too. It was just a joy to watch Um, Hermoso coming in, getting a brace on her 100th international appearance. I love that for her. But everything was on point for Spain. Spain also has a really deep squad. They made lots of substitutions. It didn't seem to fluster them at all. But but Zambia, I noticed they're playing with their third string keeper. So 
that's tough. You yeah, know, coming tough. in like that and, and playing against Spain and trying to to make that happen, but attest to the quality of Spain. I mean, they're one of the favorites for me for sure. And as well to see Alexia on there, get the start. I love that. Yeah. It was um, good to see her out there. I mean, she was involved in more than one goal. At least she, yeah. she's, you know, within the first 10 minutes, uh, Spain's making a, an immediate impact. And it's like, Alexia Pateas hasn't even missed a beat. Like she's just nope. involved. She's so crafty. She's so smart. She's so skillful. Her passes. It's just like, you want to watch that all day. She's a player that I just, mm-hmm. I could watch all day when, when she's in her moment. And it's, it's like, she hasn't missed a beat from injury. So I'm very nope. happy for her because you talk about confidence boost. That's a big game for Alexia Pateas to kind of get under her belt and be like, okay, I'm feeling good. And I'm feeling as good as I did before, or maybe even better. And now I'm going to play in the women's world cup so that's pretty cool for her totally and now spain and japan they're top of their group they're officially moving forward so we're starting to get to the point in the tournament now where teams are getting knocked out teams are moving forward so i have a feeling it's going to be interesting oh yeah and i'm happy i i didn't i don't think i predicted a lot very well but i did predict spain going uh spain and japan going one and two so i'm happy nice. about that and i'm really really pumped about seeing japan uh, progress in this tournament and seeing what they can do because they they might be right now my favorite team mm-hmm. because they have a slight undertone of underdog right like they're not the totally. US or England or Germany but they are playing up to that level so they have this like slight undertone of underdog mm-hmm. with an extreme immense amount of talent so I'm uh, I'm I'm rooting for them and I'm I'm very curious to see now yeah what both teams are able to do yeah well Japan is of course not one of these big names that people are used to talking about they definitely have the quality and it's so cool to see them out on the pitch here doing exactly what these big name teams are so like you said talking about changing the future of the women's world cup maybe in four years they're going to be one of the threats like a spain like a brazil i don't know we'll see obviously it's really early to tell but they have quality and you can't underestimate anyone at this point I agree. I agree. All right. That's it for this episode of Kickback presented by Betway. I'm Caroline. This is Julia. Let us know what you think about Canada versus Ireland, Spain versus Zambia. Any game that you guys watch and you want to talk about, let us know. And also tonight, USA versus the Netherlands, which is yes. going to be a very, very big game. Uh, I'm definitely going to be tuned in and locked and loaded on that one. I'm very curious to see how the U.S. do after their first performance against the Vietnam. So we'll be back within the next few days to recap all of the big games the big moments the big players the big goals uh and any trending news so thank you guys for listening thank you for watching and we'll be back